0: Every week on the podcast, we talk about how uh, entrepreneurs and real estate agents, how we want to disrupt the way they think. And this week, Mike, what I want to disrupt the way you think about is when you think about paying with either cash or a credit card, I want to change the way you think about paying for transactions and the principles of life and business and how it applies to your life as an entrepreneur. Okay. So, yeah. um, right. the differences between credit card and cash and the simple principles of how to structure your life in business. Okay. And, um, this all came about because I was thinking about the concept of, of business and life efficiencies. And at times it can be confusing when you're, when you're structuring your organization. And when we talked about auditing, when you audit your company and you think about making it more efficient, um, I was, I was thinking about how we're in the middle of this pandemic and a coin shortage. Yeah. And I don't know the last time that I paid with coins. However, um, the American currency system has four coins, right? Okay. There's a penny, a nickel, a dime, and a quarter. And we've all learned that how to use this four coin system. And we know the math that's required in order to make transactions with coins. And so like, for instance, if an item costs like 53 cents, that would be two quarters and three pennies, right? So we'd use five coins in that particular instance, or if something costs 68 cents, we would use two quarters, a dime a nickel and three pennies. Right. So right. Um, in that instance, we'd have seven coins to make a 68 cent transaction and I so, went to Marion high school. So all this math, is <laughs> good, good. So you're still <laughs> with me then also awesome. with you. So the average American transaction takes five coins in our current currency system. Okay. Okay. And we could alter our currency system to use an average of three coins for every average American transaction. Okay. Why do you think so we don't currently do our coin system in theory is not the most efficient use okay. from a total coin count perspective. Okay. And yet the reality of why we use our current monetary system, the way it's structured with four coins is because it's easier for human behavior to compute one penny, a nickel, a dime, and a quarter into simple math and therefore the efficiency in this particular case comes at the sake of more coins because the efficiency is your human brain power efficiency got it and so when when the currency system is created it, it was it was shaped around what's the best approach for the way in which um aligns with human behavior
1: yeah. Could you imagine a quarter being worth 33 cents? That's right. That's right. And that's how you shrink <laughs> do it down is you have like head, yeah. all of these denominations of
0: various coins right. in order to use the fewest number of coins to get um, the the most number of possible um, uh, calculations. And so what I want to think about is, is that oftentimes we can as entrepreneurs and as real estate agents can get in the weeds on the concept of efficiencies and bypass the simplifications of actual human behavior. And so as your business grows and scales, we have to think about how do we always reduce the amount of um, distractions and the hurdles that prevent great salespeople or great operation people from conducting the core competencies of their job? Because we've overly complicated the process reduce the friction that's right and so all of it has to, has to do with when we're building something we want to reduce the amount of friction involved in a process and that's why people spend more money with credit cards than they do with the coin system right is because it's so much more frictionless to pull out your credit card and pay for a transaction than it is to pull out five coins Right. In order to buy the same item, and so when we think about scaling your business, I think that w- we we oftentimes think that we have to do more,
1: right?
0: And the reality is is that you'll never actually do enough to still do all of the best practices. This is a battle that I that I find myself struggling with is that it goes okay. Well, I need to post on social media. Yep. Well, I need to um, tell my database happy birthday. I need to tell them Merry Christmas. I need to invite them to an event. I need to do all of these things. And by the time you try to tackle a 50 item checklist, you realize that you don't know where to start and you don't know which ones to prioritize and there's not enough time or enough money to do all of them. Right. And so how do you think about simplifying business and how can we take an approach of actually paring down what we do from a structural standpoint and from a daily activity standpoint in order to make things simple for human behavior to continue to grow and not be mentally just exhausted because it's all that clutter. Yeah that creates mental clutter as well.
1: Yeah, um, I read a book and they called it uh, Mental Constipation. Yes, perfect. Absolutely. So, yeah. so the, the to be honest with you, the thing that kind of unblocked that was, uh, is creating lists. Um, I create several lists. I have a next actions list. I create, uh, there's a book. Um, uh, well, GTD? Yes, Get Things, Things Done, Done. Simplification. And so what that's allowed me to do is it allows me to take something that is a a much uh, bigger task and then I'm able to break it down into smaller uh, next actions, which will then the cumulative effect will be that big project will be done once I'm complete.
0: So what, what you're talking about is um, a book called Getting Things Done. And in GTD, there's a model or right. uh, or like kind of a set of rules around how to efficiently and effectively use your time. And the biggest takeaway for me around the book was the concept that your mind is not a filing system. Right. right? Your brain is not well equipped for memorizing things because what actually um is the byproduct of you trying to remember things is anxiety yeah because there's all these undone tasks or all these undone things that you must do and still try to remember it took me 40 years to figure that out (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah yeah it took me
1: forever to figure that out and then just having that on my head all the time it would end up Uh, three o'clock in the morning would be the time that I would end up remembering that I had to do something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because your brain is really an an amazing adaptive system. And what it's so good at is ideas and visualization. Yeah. And when you, when you are using up your neural capacity to remember things, you're robbing yourself of creativity and the ability to create something bigger. You ever
1: see your computer and it's running and it's running really hot and it's loud Mm. That's what's going on. You have all that stuff going. You're using all that energy. That's energy you could be doing to grow your business. Yeah.
0: And so when you think about, um, growing the actual, um, thief of business growth and life growth becomes complexity yeah. complexity is a killer of growth and as an organization what what we find is that oftentimes that the larger your organization gets you put more and more rules in place you put right. more um, best practices and right. bylaws and policies and procedures and all of those things are well intended they're not meant as micromanagement they're meant as preventing the worst case scenario right Yet what they do is they end up actually creating organizational complexity right. because it increases the amount of friction in a process that could potentially be much more frictionless. Absolutely. And, and, and then then you have to end up using a lot of your profit to hire more people to execute the to policies manage. that you put in place.
1: Absolutely. And it ends up costing more money.
0: That's right. And so <laughs> you end up you, you build a business yeah. that is wider. Um, when you really intended to build a business much taller because you're trying to scale it vertically, not scale it horizontally with policies and procedures. And it's really difficult to communicate.
1: Like the biggest thing is I have to take what's in my big head and I have to, I have to communicate that to other people. And the more complex something is, the more difficult it is for, or I have to find better. I have to find more talented people to be able to, to do that.
0: You know, one of the things like that, that I think about when I think about simplification and the thing that I'll kind of share are two um, great business anecdotes around simplifying your business. And around um creating focus, which is um Warren Buffett has a concept um that I like that's called the five twenty-five rule. Okay. And um in the five twenty-five rule, I kind of explain it as you you build a uh let's say it's a bucket list of places that you want to go or things you wanna do in life, right? So a bucket list uh, and I'd say, Mike, build out your bucket list of twenty-five items that you want to accomplish over the next forty years. Well you rank them in priority of fi- 1 through 25. And then what I want you to do is I want you to take um, number 6 through 25 and throw it away. Because the reality is is that you'll never do those. Okay. Until you get items 1 through 5 off your list, don't ever think about items 6 through 25. Right. Because you can only cognitively try to tackle those top 5 items and become an expert or master in approaching those few, um, particular bucket list items. So that's the approach that we've taken in our businesses. When you think about lead generation, every business needs leads. It's the fundamental building block of an entrepreneur is where do I find business? And in our industry of real estate, it's easy to have ideas around finding, um, business. You can go online and literally Google 100 ways to generate real estate leads. And there are blogs about that. And, I'm sure they all work. The reality is, is they don't work for everyone with the same conversion rate. Right. And therefore, we have a rule in our organization that says you can work five lead sources, period. And maximum, only five. We'll support you in five different lead sources. And that's it. All of the others, until you can prove proof of concept, we don't financially support or invest our time in it because we only know that these five ways work right the other 95 that the article said might work they might work but until we know that they will we don't invest our time and money in them
1: i totally agree i have
0: so i run a
1: small team and i will have uh, an agent um okay so we just talked about lead generation it's all about lead generation. I as a team leader, my job is to generate leads for my team, correct yep that's, yep that's my job. So if you are on my team and I'm generating leads for you and you're not converting those leads there's two there's two reasons either you're not good at converting leads or you're not you're not getting leads if you're not selling anything in general, right So if you're on my team and you're getting leads, why are you spending energy? lead generating when you've demonstrated, you can't, you're not even converting the leads that you have. So focus on what it is. Is it lead generating as an, as an entrepreneur, as a real estate agent,
0: or is it converting those leads? What is your issue? Okay. So make, let me make sure I understand. So, um, so you're saying in your particular instance, you, you have somebody who's generating leads, but then maybe is not getting the conversion. So that they want. I have. a So say you have an agent on your team. Mm-hmm. OK, you have an agent on your team
1: that is not selling houses. Yeah. So you are generating leads and they are not converting those yeah. leads. So why are you taking time to go out to go out? I see, you know, uh doing other things like generating leads when you're not, the issue isn't lead generation. Your issue is lead conversion. Yeah. Yeah. If that makes sense.
0: So focus on the focus, your time and efforts on improving what's actually broken, right? Not the, the domino that's, um, before that, in the process, in this particular example of lead generation versus lead conversion, yeah, I mean that makes perfect sense to me. And th- the reality is, is because a lot of people attack the wrong simplification problem, right? Right, is because we assume that if, and and this is a whole we could we could wrap about a whole different topic, but that's the difference in my opinion between um, trying to fix a problem with more. Instead of with better, so it's like trying to fix a problem with more leads when you need better conversion, or fix a organizational problem with more sales when you need more profit, right? And and or fix an organizational problem by adding more people instead of better people, better people, right? So so all of those become actually symptoms of complexity. And tackling the wrong problem. And when we keep things really simple, we can see where the breakdown occurs perfectly. Hey guys, I wanted to interrupt this podcast. This place,
1: this DR Horton model we're in is sweet. If you haven't experienced DR Horton recently, they're brand new to Indianapolis, but they are America's largest builder. You have to check them out. DR Horton, America's largest builder
0: the best example of this is a company that you may have heard of. It's called McDonald's. Yep. Um, supposedly they, a few billion people have been served and the original McDonald's menu. Do you know what it was on that, that original McDonald's menu by chance? I don't, I don't. So it was, um, hamburgers, cheeseburgers, French fries, and shakes. Okay. No McChickens, no filet of fish no Chicken Nugget, no Big Mac, no all of the things that are currently on the menu. It was hamburger, cheeseburger, French fries, and shakes. That's it. That's it. The largest restaurant organization in the world scaled on a two-menu entree right, right. and then uh, one side and, and what amounted to be like two drink options. Right. And it, and it created a massive business and we lose sight of that. Yeah. And yeah. part of the reason I think or well what what do you think you from your perspective Mike why do we lose sight of the simplicity of of business and life success?
1: I think that we I've, I've alluded to this in the in the past. I think we do we try to be everything to everyone. Yeah. And so in order to do that, you have to be complex. You have to have multiple messages, you have to you know what? I'm okay in my lane, and yeah. it takes a certain like comfort, a certain like humbleness to be able to like be okay with that. And so I just think most people, especially getting into being an entrepreneur, you just want to be the best at everything, and so then you have mixed messages. You just I don't I don't know. That's that's a that's my hypothesis.
0: Well, I think part of it too is is that. We have a system where it's designed to appeal to, to everyone's emotion about why you need something in order to feel whole, right? So you need the new Jordans in order to feel whole when you compare yourself to your peers or you need the newest technology, the newest iPhone, the newest tool that will make your business, your life, your emotional, um, yeah gaps yeah. feel whole and the reality is is most of the time that we don't need the probably 99 percent of the things that we own or acquire because it actually keeps us in a state of complexity Absolutely. we we end up needing to go back to work time and time again um to make more money to buy more things right. that we don't need in our life and in our business and
1: every time you do that you're you you're, I, I got this, and then that moment is fleeting. So then you're constantly chasing that next, the next pairs of Jordans, or the next car, or the next house, et cetera. That's
0: right, that's right. And so what, where we see it show up in business and in life is it creates clutter, right? It creates complexity and clutter, and so you have no white space as an entrepreneur to create. Right. Because you're always thinking about building something bigger, but you're building it wider, and so you you have no you have no uh, mental clarity around the direction that you need to go, and you're trying to be all things to all people. You're trying to execute on best practices, and right. the reality is is there may not be an organization big enough to execute on best practices. So what if McDonald's
1: would have taken the approach that everybody else does? That's right. McDonald's took the approach that they have a cheeseburger, a hamburger. What if they came out with a McChicken, a McFish? Would they have had the success that they had?
0: No, they couldn't have. Because in my, it, the difference was, in and to some degree, the difference was it was fast food. Right. right. And so... It was,
1: you know, I, the way it, it was legendary, the way it kind of came out, nobody it, had ever seen it. Revolutionary. Yeah.
0: And and the more you add to a menu, the more complexity you build. The more likely it would have been a sit-down it restaurant. Would have fast. That's right. It would have changed And so you've changed the value proposition as to why it was able to be scaled. It was scaled because it was fast. It was scale because it was system because they could build a duplicatable system around the simplicity of it. You didn't have to be world class yeah. talent in order to build a four item menu.
1: So that's that's the thing. So I want to amend my my answer earlier. I think it's ego.
0: Yes, I absolutely. think it's totally
1: ego because, like, if you think of McDonald's, McDonald's had the ability to stay in their lane. They that's knew. Right. I'm gonna make a really fast hamburger really fast cheeseburger and i'm gonna put it out there and i'm gonna boom 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 mm-hmm. and most entrepreneurs would have tried to to scale that up so i to me the answer to that is the reason why people do that is i it's ego.
0: That's right. It's a quest for more, right? Yeah. It is a quest for more. And whether people realize it or not is that in always seeking more, what you end up with is you actually end up with more complexity or less focus. Yeah. And that is, that is what ends up being one of the greatest enemies of scale is, um, we complicate things. Right. And, and so often we blame our complication on not having the right people or not having the right systems or the right tools or the right environment. Yeah. and the reality is so many times we've overcomplicated everything right? and in, through that overcomplication we find is you can't scale it because McDonald's was able to build the largest restaurant in the world by having high school kids yeah. who could make a burger taste the same in Columbus that it does in China or Argentina right. the menu scales regardless of the education level and regardless of the location itself because of its simplicity.
1: Right. And then you add to it.
0: That's right. That's right. And then once you've mastered the um, vertical growth and you've exhausted all of your possible opportunity through simplicity, then you can build it wider or build it in another location, right? It is the, it is to a large degree, how Walmart grew their footprint was by, um, By getting market share in one market and then expanding to another nearby market and another nearby market, they didn't try to go nationally first. Yeah. They went locally, then regionally, then nationally, then globally. Yes. And and that's the way to scale, right? So... So a couple of, as we kind of wrap things up here, a couple of things that um, that come to mind when I think about simplicity is, is like, you know, we've talked about um, one of the big ones to me that you, you said, Mike, is that you can't be all things to all people. Yeah. What you find is when you attempt to be all things to all people, you end up being no one to everyone, right. most importantly to the people that matter most. And so you have to start guarding your yeses and by guarding your yeses, you guard your time. You guard your calendar and what appointments you agree to say yes to. Um, And so one of the habits that I try to get into is I cancel a lot of the meetings that are on my calendar or um, don't respond to a lot of emails or I'll, I'll use an app called Boomerang. And if I don't want to, if, if I'm not in the spot to give the mental energy to that email that I need in the moment, I'll, I'll Boomerang it. So I'll take, I'll, I'll basically send it out of my inbox until tomorrow morning and bring the email back in tomorrow morning and decide tomorrow morning, do I have the mental capacity and energy it takes to reply tomorrow morning? And if not, I'll kick it out again to a later date. And if I, if I kick it down the road long enough, I'll just delete it. Right. Because not everything is deserving of the mental decision making and bandwidth That I may have that day because it is limited.
1: It totally is. I know we're wrapping it up, wrapping up, but like every decision that you make. It's so funny. Like I I heard uh, Steve Jobs say he wears black all the time. Yes, that's right. Because he doesn't want to. I find myself now saying to Amy, hey, do you mind driving? And I just don't want to think. I just want to like be a passenger. Yeah, And just. Even that small t- thing, that small task takes energy. Yeah. So yeah, you're always. I'm always trying to find ways of where I can kind of just sit back and get that.
0: Decision fatigue is is incredibly a, a real thing, and whether um whether real people idea. realize that's what it, that's what it would be. <laughs> yeah. Um. That that's a that shows up in the in an entrepreneur's daily life over and over and over. I notice it big time in my world. Um. To a point where where you know you have a finite amount of decisions that you can make or a cognitive load that you can handle on a daily basis and and what you're talking about is basically scaling down the cognitive load by making fewer decisions right. every day and and that should be the goal of an entrepreneur is how do you automate more of your life and business by eliminating your choices Choices actually create complexity right. and drain your happiness and your mental and cognitive ability. I believe that. Yeah. So, totally, total different side no, side road to go on, but okay. um, there are there are studies both from uh, Florida State and from Harvard showing that um, decision fatigue it has a massive impact on um, judges. So trials in the afternoon don't do as well from a decision-making standpoint in our judicial system as ones in the morning. Right. And, um, and then we see that if you give someone the ability to, um, return something, they're actually less happy with their purchase than if you give them no return policy Because right. we will make peace with what we're given as long as we're given no choices or few choices. And so, um automating your life by having fewer choices and fewer decisions to make. And then I think we also have to um think about how do we um declutter your life? Yeah. Like declutter your business and your life. Are you doing things that um don't scale? Right are you building a business around you, the entrepreneur, or are you building a business around a, a business model that scales to multiple people, regardless of their background, education, competency, et cetera. Are you following the McDonald's model or are you building the model around one artist? Right. Because that has a limited capacity. And so when we think about, It's about removing unnecessary rules, policies, meetings, layers of, of, um, friction that clog up the process. I agree. And Tesla just did this with their electric car. I don't know if you saw there, uh, they were reducing, this is crazy to me. And I'm like, how did we not, how, how is it that we've never done this before, but the new Tesla batteries will be part of their exoskeleton the battery gets baked in essentially to the frame and the, and the actual skeleton itself. Right. And it's made out of hexagons. so the, the battery cells are hexagonally shaped because hexagons are incredibly simple and rigid and, and rigid. That's yeah. right.
1: Yeah. yeah. More than like a, squ- a square or something. Yeah.
0: And so they handle the compression and the tension uh, and yet remain incredibly simple from a structural standpoint. And so um, kind of, tying a bow on everything. It's thinking about what are you doing in your business and in your life that's creating friction or removing friction because simplifying is all about human behavior. It's about, it's about, can you, um, in your example, Mike, can you have the numbers tracked to easily identify is the gap between lead generation or lead conversion is the gap between, um, listings taken but not listings sold right. where's the breakdown well the only way to learn and identify the breakdown is to have things be really simple and really clear
1: right absolutely
0: and that's the way to keep yourself mentally plugged in is by knowing that removing your ego yeah. and not always seeking more actually allows you to gain more and more fulfillment along the way
1: absolutely my spreadsheet started It looks crazy now, but it started with three numbers and then the next day, three numbers. It was simple. And then over time and with that, I'm able to track how many appointments I set, how many. And I'm able to be really surgical with that. So being simple, absolutely. That's the way to do it.